They called us monsters, so monsters we became. We are monsters out of the closet. I'm Nicole. I'm Thara. And I'm Shreya. What do you want, dear listener? What fears or desires lay in your heart? Do you seek safety and power in a treacherous world? Or do you yearn for simple pleasures, like catching the eye of your beloved? Welcome to the Witching Hour. But beware, the consequences may not be what you expect. Even with the best of intentions, witchcraft has the potential to spiral out of a practitioner's control. Add an office politics, and you have a recipe for magical disaster. Office Romance is Dead was written by Lindsay Holt and features her as the voice of Callie, Nicole Penrod as the voice of Janelle, Matt as the director, Troy H. Gardner as Henry, and VXN and Tara Rangan provide additional voices. This piece was edited by guest producer Ari Mathay. Shh, stop that. Strictly speaking, Hila, it's not a love spell. Because I'm not using it on her. Not directly. She has free will to ignore me. I'm just going to be a little more... noticeable for a while. But she'll make her own decisions. Now get down off the table, please. You'll get fur in the bowl. If I show up to the office with cat ears or a tail, people will talk. Thanks, Charlotte. I'm I'm okay. I brought my lunch. But I'll see you later, okay? Ooh. Whoa there, Callie. Hey, are you free for lunch? There's this new spot. One of those salad bowl places. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. No thanks. I've got plans. But thank you. And uh, I'll get you that report tomorrow, okay? No rush, no rush. Whenever you can get it done. If you want, we can tease out the details over coffee. I'll let you know when it's finished. See you later! Okay. So, I guess it worked. Just five more hours to go. Isn't Henry married? Okay, okay, focus. Janelle is supposed to be here today. Maybe she... Hey, Callie. Oh! Hi, Janelle. Uh, happy Monday. You too. You look good. New dress? Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to add some color. It looks good. You could pull off anything, though. <laughs> hi, Callie. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, hi, Director Bidden. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to talk to you about your last performance review. Nothing bad. You're not in trouble. <laughs> I'd just like a uh, chat. Are you free around lunchtime? 
Uh, yes, of course. Of course. No, Gila, it did not go well. I never want that much attention again. The director bought me lunch and flirted? I think it was flirting? Maybe it was flirting back in his day, which was, what, the 1930s? And Charlotte from HR. Oh lord, I hope she forgets what she said to me in the elevator. I wish I could forget it. Ugh, too much. Way too much for one day. Oh, don't give me that. You did not know all that was going to happen. It's just supposed to make me noticeable. I wanted to talk to Janelle, not get lunch with my creepy boss. Ugh. I can't get you more wet food right now, okay? I can't even leave the house until this wears off. Oh, don't start. You'll live. Now I'm getting the wine and ordering pizza, and I'm going to binge Shira. And you are either going to join me silently or leave me alone. Hey, Charlotte. Happy Tuesday. Oh. Okay. Oh, hey, Henry. Did you get my email yesterday? Do you have the report for me? Well, no, actually. That's what the email was about. You said to take my time, and since the client hadn't gotten back to us about the- Cut the excuses, Callie. Do you have the report or not? Um, not yet. I, I will soon. When the client- We're on a tight deadline here, Callie. I can't push everything back because of your timing issue. It's on your head now. Get it done. Of... of course. Of course. Oh god. Oh god, what did I do? They shouldn't be affected anymore, right? No, no, this is normal. The spell wore off. There's no lasting effects. Can't have put in that much power. They're just... all... having a bad day. At the same time. At me. Hey, Callie. Oh shit! Oh, I'm so sorry. Hi, Janelle. <laughs> you scared me there. Wow, you seem stressed. Henry being a jerk again. The way he struts sometimes, you'd think he pays our salaries. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, no, no, it's, it's okay. It, just a lot going on lately, you know? Everyone's a little stressed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, I'm in desperate need of some coffee. Wanna come? The bean makes a killer cappuccino. Oh, uh, sure. I mean, if you're sure? Yeah, if you want. It's fine, though, if you can't. No, no, yes. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> Coffee. Yeah, uh, let me just put this stuff down. I, I've been meaning to try that place. I hear they do pretty good matcha lattes, too. Mm -hmm. How else can it be? 
anyone would notice me It's magic I can tell Mm. Hey, stranger. Hey, you. Hey. You've got a really pretty voice, you know? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's okay. I, I've never... Um, I mean, thanks. That's a nice necklace. Where'd you get it? Thank you. Actually, Charlotte gave it to me. Brought it back from Cancun. Oh. She did? Yeah. She knows I love pearls, so... I mean... You know, Charlotte, she's just so sweet, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. Very sweet. Oh, hey, did you hear? About Henry? What? No, what happened? He got fired! Escorted from the building, from what I heard. What? Why? I don't know. Apparently, he got into some sort of argument with the director. Really? We were working that proposal together. That deadline is coming up. Let's hope they get you some help on it, then. Ladies, excuse me. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Bidden. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to be the first to let you know about Henry Cully. <laughs> of course. Silly of me to think that I'd beat our Janelle here with gossip like this. I'm... sorry? Just know, Cully, I've taken care of everything. There's no way that man will ever do anything to bother you. Wait... What do you mean, bother me? What does this have to do with me? Ah, so you were spared the details. Uh, I'm sorry to bring it up, but since we're here, Henry was being disrespectful, out of line. I'm sure you may be upset, Janelle. I understand you two were close. What is that supposed to... Oh, no. That does not excuse his behavior and his comments about dear Callie here now, does it? I've done what I can... The local police will see to it that he never goes near this place again. The cops? You called the cops? You're safe here, I promise. And, like I said the other day, Callie, if there's anything you need, anything at all, you can always come to me. Hey, Callie! Didn't you say you were going to the ladies' room? Uh, yes, I did. I do. Be right back. I'll just make sure she's okay. Oh, uh... Girl but, staff, but... you know how it is. Callie, you've got to calm down, okay? It was just one day. It was just supposed to last one day. One day. No side effects. That's what they said. Callie, take a breath. Please. What if I don't recover? What if everyone around me reacts to it forever? What if I'm stuck like this? I don't want this much attention. I never wanted this much attention. Callie, focus on me. Breathe. In. Out. It's going to be okay, all right? How do you know that? Because I know things, okay? Just breathe right now. In. Out. Good. In. Is, is that a threat, Charlotte? You watch your tone, young lady. I don't care what you think you know about Callie, but I will not let you compare her to that hussy Janelle. Girl can't go around dressed like that and not... Look, what are you doing? Put, put that down. Put down the stapler shut. I, I said, put it down. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 
this bad. It shouldn't be possible to do it this bad. Oh my god, she's got a shredder! You're right, it shouldn't. It wasn't. This wasn't all you. Janelle would never steal food from the fridge. How dare you? Take that back. What, what do you, what? Was it a spell? A hex? What did you cast? I, I, I didn't cast anything, not, not really. It was a potion, an attention potion, just for me, just to get the attention of a specific person. How long does it last? Just for one day. This witch I follow on Instagram said he used it, and it didn't even last that long. Okay, one day attention is good. It might run its course in another couple days. If they survive it. Oh my god. Was that Mike? From IT? Did I just hear a war cry from IT Mike? Alright, we'll figure this out. Calm down. Calm down? How can I calm down? I'm responsible for... No, you are not. Not alone. What do you mean? There she is. Get your hands off Janelle, you frumpy little nobody. What? Who are you? Let's go, let's go, let's go. She's getting away! But, oh my god, what a view, right? Here you go. Thank you. No problem. I like your tea selection. It's very... eclectic. I'm a hoarder when it comes to tea. And I mix my own. That's kind of how I got started with... potions. Um, how long did you have your spell in place? Since March. Spring Equinox. Right after I started working with you. Yep. And since yours was a slow attraction spell, it reacted to my attention magic and hyper-focused all that magic on us. Meaning all the attention. Too much attention. And they couldn't give it to both of us? They all had to choose? Seems that way. I wouldn't be surprised if Arthi from training made Team Janelle and Team Callie shirts already. God, I hope not. The news said things calmed down after we left anyway. They're probably gonna try and forget everything. I hope they let us telework tomorrow. Oh, sweetie, we're not going into work tomorrow. The magic may have worn off when we left, but they've got a hell of a lot of cleanup to do. Besides, I think you and I deserve a day off. Yeah? <laughs> um, I guess so. I've got some unused PTO. And that client really hasn't gotten back to me yet about the- I'd like to kiss you now, Callie. Okay. (sighs) 
Witches and their terrifying deeds feature in many folk tales, and what better place to hear a spine-chilling legend than at a campfire for weary travelers? Join some old wives for a tale you'll never forget in Scarlet Hide Molly. This piece was written by Haley Piper and features Robin Tynan as the narrator, Abigail Burkett as fingers, Anna Pods as eyes, and Thara Rungan as teeth. Please note this piece includes descriptions of violence, gore, and body horror. There were three old women who needed passage through the cold mountains. Snow blinded them, cold bit at their bones, and a stranger watched their progress. Yet they had marched for three days to reach the white, windy pass, and they had only another two left of their journey. Nonetheless, they were three old women, and they needed rest. They cleared the snow from beneath a great conifer, and each set off to gather firewood as night blanketed the mountains. After an hour, each returned with a bundle of sticks, and the crone, whose fingers remained nimble, called Fingers, built a fire with flint and tinder. Soon a roaring blaze told the snow to fall elsewhere, and the three old women warmed their hands by the flames. Two ate cold turnips from their packs, while the one whose teeth remained strong, called Teeth, chewed salted jerky. Her big mittens wrapped tight around the meat as if the others might take it. The one whose eyes were clear watched the storm swirl around their camp. Beyond the firelight, a shadow slipped through the snow. Fingers told the others this was so. Teeth said she had noticed nothing. The last woman, Eyes, said she had seen a shape, and the shape's eyes had seen her. The cold mountains were well travelled and each woman lived in the region. Each knew what lived there. Raw Red Mountain Witch. Scarlet Hide Molly. Skinless She-Devil. Likely been watching us since we wandered here. Keep the fire bright, and be willing to fend her off if she gets brave. She fears fire? Perhaps. I can't say for certain. But I know what goes wrong when the witch skulks and the fire burns low. When I was a lass, and lived on the north side of these mountains with my family, there was a winter when one mountain came crashing down like it was built of ice and snow, no soil or stone at all. The village was buried even my home, but we dug paths from house to house and had food to last until spring melted the mountain away. But the Red Witch was on the mountain, and to this day they say she brought the ice and snow down upon us. Through the tunnels we set up fires to keep watch for her. My home had little enough firewood, and one night when my pa was away, we heard her coming through the tunnels, crying of cold and pain. My brother said she was a ghost and couldn't hurt us. He was wrong about that, 
and didn't take to keeping the fire lit. When it went out, there was screaming and you'd swear another mountain was coming down. I lit up the fire again like my pa taught me, and there my brother sat. A little blood on his face, but no worse for the wear. He tells me he fought her off, that raw woman. But then the fire flitted once more. And when I lit it up again, I found hands on me, wearing my brother's skin. Only they weren't his hands. You could see her raw nails poking through his fingers, long and sharp and black. I shoved her away with a flaming stick, but the fire wouldn't last long. I did the only thing I could think. Put my own house to torch. It burned bright and hot enough to melt the snow and let in the sun. That's when we found my dead brother. Robbed of his skin and likely that which ran off with it. Don't know what she did with it later. Maybe she wore it. Pretending she was a strapping lad to lure maidens away from their villages. You never had a brother that handsome. Not if he looked like you. Fingers nodded. That was many years ago. I suppose such a skin shriveled up even here in the mountains. No one's skin lasts long up here. Teeth lowered her, Jackie. Be it on a live man or a dead woman, it'll turn red and then black, and it won't be good to anyone. Same was true for Scarlet Hide Molly. Said that name before. My eyes might be best, but my ears are fine as well. Is she some girl who came up here to die? Teeth nodded. Yes, but not like you think. Molly is your skinless she-devil of the mountains. Firelight glowed off the old woman's incisors. In days past, these mountains weren't always cold, and most anyone would have the legs and will to pass through them. Even a slip of a girl like Molly. Of course, it wasn't always decent folk who'd come wandering by. Not at all, ladies. Up in the higher peaks, you'd have ruffians, outlaws, and savage men. One day, Molly comes through with a song on her lips and flowers in her basket, and she stops to pick a few more. That's when the shadows fall on her. Not three, not ten, but thirteen, and they belong to the worst lot of men you'd ever seen. They all want all she has to give. But this Molly comes from tough blood and old stones, so she fights them like a wild cat. 
the men knock her down and say she's dead. They go about taking the few copper coins she had, and there'd be nothing else to get from her, to hear it said by the men of the cities. But the mountain men weren't all from cities, ladies. They figure if her hide isn't good alive, it's good dead. So they take out their knives and cut the skin from her, leaving nothing but a red mess where a girl had been. Only this girl isn't dead then. Not yet. She chases after the lot, wanting her skin back. And they don't notice, since they don't think anyone's around to follow. Up, up, up they climb up to the mountain peaks to camp. When all goes quiet and dark, Scarlet-Hide Molly sneaks in and slits their throats. She's looking for her skin, looking everywhere, and finds it's already dried by the fire. Could only make a vest of it if you stretched it thin. Some say she dies then. But I say, she doesn't. I say, she goes around that camp, cutting the men's flesh, learning how to skin them, one by one, until she can peel it off with nothing but her fingernails. Then, she cuts out their bones and breaks them up, so they can't go looking for their own skins. No rest for the wicked, they say, and she won't let them have it. When all the bones are powder, filling up some big bowl, she tosses the stuff over the mountainside, and you can't tell bone dust from snowflakes. Ever since, the mountains have gotten white snow, Cold enough so Molly's flesh don't rot, but too cold for her to get a real skin. Those killer's skins kept her raw flesh warm for a while, but ever since, she needs new hides to cover herself. Can't leave on account of the cold keeping her going, and can't quit killing, or the cold will kill her. Was your husband a fisherman? Might be. Teeth shrugged. Why do you say that? Because that sounds like a fishwife's tale. These mountains have been cold all my life. How old are you? Old enough not to answer that. Never heard the tale either. Might be your ears are going after all. Not so. I hear that skinless she-devil creeping closer when even I can't see through the dark. Crunch, crunch. That's how she goes in the snow. 
Firelight flickered in the old woman's eyes. Some men were killed here just last week. Her most recent slaying. Band of cell swords, I hear. They were coming over the mountain one way or the other, for one war or another. And a local guide warned them not to head through at night. But it was some emergency, or so I've heard. Eyes lifted a shriveled finger. Only that boy who was leading them made it out. He came down from the slopes and met a few of those Salsort's friends. Told them they were gone, that the witch had them. Those friends spit in his face, told him no woman could get the best of their company. And they went marching into the mountains as well. Not a one came out. As it is with Scarlet Hide Molly, gone to the cold mountains and never seen again. None of them went home, true. Didn't say no one saw them again. That guide went back in. Maybe looking to get even, maybe looking to get money. But he didn't find payback or pay. Middle of the mountain pass, he looked up during the dawn as the sun was just coming up behind the slopes. And there he saw the black shapes. At first, he thought they were flags and banners from the Sersalt's camp. Then the sun rose a little higher, and he saw a little better. The Sersalt's swords were dug in the snow, and from the hills flew their heights. A trail of banners belonging to the skinless she-devil herself. She's not keeping warm. The skins are her bloody trophies and a warning for all good people to keep clear of the pass. So, we're not good people then? Don't live to our age by being good. Might not live much past this age. The shape of her is upon us. She pointed. Fingers turned to follow the finger and grasped a burning stick from the fire. You keep back, witch or ghost or whatever you are. Go bloody the snow around someone else. That's right. You shove off. I stood. You're not about to make us your next skinned sacks of meat. Too late. The voice came from the shadows. A red, skinless hand breached the outermost firelight, and a shivering, crimson creature clambered through the snow. It's not too late. Fingers waved her skinny torch. I'll burn out both your eyes, and that'll be the end of that. I just told them what you've been up to most recent. We're not ready to be your bloody banners. I'm what she's been up to most recent. The red thing dragged herself closer to the fire. She was a cringing old woman, missing the skin off her limbs, her body and her face. Nothing looked all that strong about her but the teeth, pearly white and all present. Fingers and eyes turned from her to teeth. Teeth swallowed her last bit of jerky and grinned, revealing a glowing set of incisors. 
She peeled the face from her flesh with long black nails released from their mittens. I say she lives, and I say this skin's gone cold already. A clump of snow crashed through the fire then, dousing the place beneath the tree in darkness, and scarlet-eyed Molly pounced on fingers and eyes. No one came down the other side of the mountains that night, and none on the next day. Some told of travellers who had left one side and never arrived on the other. They were seen by one man who spied hides flying from the ends of burnt sticks, but he didn't know their names, and spoke only briefly of them when he returned home. They were three old women whose screams echoed through the cold mountains. Magical mishaps, corporate pandemonium, mountain pass ambushes, It's all in a night's work for your local witches. As for listeners, take care that you don't prick your thumb, lest ye to darker fates succumb. Thanks again to Haley Piper and Lindsay Holt for their contributions to this episode. And to Robin Tynan, Abigail Burkett, Anna Pods, Lindsay Holt, Nicole Penrod, Matt, Troy H. Gardner, and VXN for their performances. Featured music and sounds were by Eric Matias, Zylo Zico, David Hillowitz, Blue Dot Sessions, Kwama O2, and Nightwatcher98. Another big thanks to our fantastic guest producer, Ari Mathay, who produced Office Romance is Dead. To learn more about our pieces, artists, and readers, please visit our website, monstersoutofthecloset.com. Our heartfelt gratitude goes out to our patrons and our amazing supporting producers, Lindsay Holt, Lourdes Kaland, Sarah Lopez, Andy Hunter, and Nicole Penrod. And of course to you, dear listeners, who bewitch us entirely. Our next episode, Dark Arts, will be released soon. In the meantime, speak, demand, we'll answer. Keep up with our mysteriously aging portraits, podcast news, and other scary things at monstersoutofthecloset.tumblr.com and at pod underscore monsters on Twitter. Until next time, Monsters Out.